ladies and gentlemen, making his way to the mic, he is the pro wrestling savant, the host of the hottest wrestling podcast on the internet, Nerdy D. What is up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the most distinguished pro wrestling podcast on the internet. The Pro Wrestling's Burning Questions with the Savant. I am your host, Nerdy D, a.k.a. The Pro Wrestling Savant, a.k.a. The Single Greatest Podcaster of This Generation in Pro Wrestling. And joining me tonight is my beautiful and lovely wife, Miss Lauren. What's up, y'all? Each and every week, I sit here and talk pro wrestling from the perspective of a real fan. I'm not here to ask for donations. I'm not one of those guys. <laughs> Infamous opinionist. Um, I'm here to talk my shit and just piss the internet off. If you have questions that you want to submit to the show, you can do that through YouTube or on TikTok or by uh, emailing questions at pwsavant.com. So, uh, Lauren, I'm wrestling with, and this is pun intended here, Okay. the format of this show. All right. The last couple weeks, uh, we've I've been trying different methods, right? Okay. So I've tried to go 100% kayfabe. Yeah. Which is just all in on acting like wrestling is real. Yeah. I've tried to go 50% kayfabe, 50% opinion. Uh-huh. I've gone all opinion. I've tried answering seven burning questions like in a first take style. Yeah. Right. I, I do. I, I've thought, do I go strictly WWE and just appeal to that audience? Do I go strictly AEW, or do I try to balance this show and take both sides or do I just piss one half of the audience completely off? Right. Which okay. what, what I seem to do all the time anyway. But what I've realized is there's not a one size fits all for this, especially for me. Right. Yeah. Cause my favorite part of this is just giving off the cusp opinions. There, there's not a deep amount of thought that goes in what to what I say on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. I, I'm literally just saying the thoughts that come to my head while I'm watching pro wrestling. I enjoy the kayfabe part of it. I enjoy believing it's real. I actually think wrestling is much more fun when you let it just be real. Oh, yeah, I agree with you 100%. I'm a prime example. Yeah, we get a hundred comments a day telling us wrestling is fake. Wrestling, it's fake. It's scripted, right? And I feel sorry for those people, A, who don't understand that I have a degree in audiovisual production. So clearly, I understand what I'm doing here. It's all part of a plan to get people to react in a certain way, and we get the reaction we want. Yeah. B, I feel sorry for people who just can't fucking play along. Mm-hmm. They just can't play along. It's 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 supposed to be fun. This is an extension of the WWE universe. This is fan fiction. This it's just fan it's supposed, fiction. It's fan fiction, right? It's yeah. It's an extension of the story that goes on TV. I'm just fucking. It's a creative outlet, a place to just have fun for an hour a week. Yeah. And, and there's people who get that, and the people who get that, I think they enjoy it. Yeah. I think they enjoy that part of it. That mm-hmm. we don't, this, it's, we're not taking this serious. I, I don't live and breathe pro wrestling. In fact, yeah. on my list of things I do, it's, it's not, it's not even like top five. Yeah. It's just a fun entertainment thing, right? Mm-hmm. <sighs> I, I, we also get comments all the time about, uh, have you ever been in a wrestling ring? 
And and to that, I fucking say, I played Division One basketball, okay? Basketball at the highest level outside of playing professional basketball. Yeah. And I don't think by any means my opinion on basketball mm-hmm. is any more qualified than someone who never stepped foot on a basketball court. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're giving your opinion from a fan's perspective. And that's all this podcast has been is it's me giving my opinions, claiming to be the fucking smartest man in pro wrestling, but from a fan's perspective. Yeah. Now, you know this. I know this. The internet is a fucking crazy place. Yes. Right. I've, I've learned that no matter what I say, it doesn't matter what I say. There's 50% that love it. And there's 50% that hate it. And I can literally go down the comments in a video and just see alternating versions of go fucking kill yourself. This is a stupid take. And right after that, it'll be, thank God someone finally said it. I'm with you, brother. It, it's this it's this phenomenon. It doesn't matter what you say. Half the people love it. Half the people hate it. And And then there's the few people who just fucking get it. Right. Yes. They just get it. They don't have to agree. They understand what's happening here. They understand that I'm just throwing out crazy fucking opinions and and that I'm not always aiming to be right. A lot of shit I say I know is wrong. It's just shit that comes to my head. Right. And I know that it's either it's it's an honest opinion or it's something that I'm saying that I know will inspire a conversation. It will get people talking. Yeah. Because I literally give zero fucks about what people think of this podcast. I'm literally just either speaking to the people who understand, or I'm here to antagonize the people who can't fucking understand it. And I'll troll them for analytics and pull their puppet strings and just make them fucking dance. Right. (laughs) There's one guy who fucking swears that I, I think Roman Reigns is a, is a better wrestler than Stone Cold Steve Austin. And to him, yes, I do. I do. Whatever, whatever helps you come to my page and talk shit. It's whatever you want to believe, right? It's kayfabe. I'm just, I'm all in on this thing, right? And yeah. I don't, I don't care. I'll podcast for a thousand people. I'll podcast for ten people. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now let's get to. The, now having said that, the last couple of weeks you've been doing an awesome job on editing all the TikTok videos and making sure that that's been running smoothly. Yeah. That's been running real well. I have slipped up on the YouTube part. And uh, the Spotify has been completely non-existent, as people have told me. Oh, really? So people I've, have been looking for it? Well, I've just stopped posting it because, fuck, by the time we finish this, it's usually midnight. Yeah. And then we have to do our, our real people stuff. Yeah. Real life stuff, right? Yeah. And usually I get around and it's already... Oh, well, I've been posting, like, go check out the the full episode. I, I know that. Like, and where the fuck is the full episode? And so there's people who've been like, hey, bro, where's the Spotify? <laughs> so I'm saying, but I'm I'm committing to right now, I'm, I'm at least going to get the full episodes up on YouTube with a thumbnail and a description so that you know what's in the episode. And I will do the same for Spotify. Cool. I've, I've two, I've tried fucking like Google podcast, Apple podcast. I'm going to stick with Spotify. It's the easiest. And if you want to hear it audio, that's where you go. You either go, it'll be on anchor and it'll be on, on Spotify. Cool. And so that I clear that up. Definitely going to try and figure that out and get that working better. Right. All right. All right. So now we got a little bit of in-house business to talk about here. Last week in the middle of the podcast, you broke a tooth. Oh, fuck. You chipped a tooth, right? I did, definitely. So you chipped a tooth in the middle of the episode, and you literally said nothing about it. 
No. Like a fucking trooper, you just you just fucking plowed through the I rest of the episode not saying anything. Now, that's what I was going to say. You did give me some crazy <laughs> ass answers to the episode that I was like, did she, is she just not watching wrestling anymore? <laughs> Are we just, is she falling asleep when we're watching wrestling? To which I found out afterwards, you were just freaking the fuck out because fuck yeah. you assumed there was a giant fucking gap I in the middle of your I thought I was missing teeth. like a whole tooth. And it ends up that it was the tiniest little piece of tooth that you've gotten fixed and everything's good. Yeah. So I'm hoping we can make it through tonight's entire episode without an injury. Yes. No injuries tonight. We're going to barrel yes. through this thing and, and we'll, we'll run through that way. All right. Uh -huh. So first thing I want to talk about tonight in the world of wrestling is some AEW stuff. Cause I've been down on AEW. Everybody, everybody's told me I'm now an AEW hater. Uh huh. And so I took, I took a couple minutes and I, I kind of reflected and I wanted to figure out <coughs> why I started out so hot I, I was loving AEW. Then all of a sudden, it was like eh, I've cooled off. I don't. I'm not feeling this quite the same, right? Mm -hmm. And I think I figured it out. I think I figured out what's going on here. There's two reasons, right? One, I think I've purely just kind of burned out on wrestling after they did the two week thing where they moved Rampage. No, they moved Dynamite to Saturdays. Yes. Where we were fucking, our weekends were just consumed trying to keep up with with watching wrestling. It was Friday Smackdown, uh, Friday Rampage, Saturday is uh, Dynamite, Sunday is a pay-per-view, Thursday's yeah. a crown jewel, right? It was all over the fucking place. Yeah. It just felt like, I, I felt like I was underwater and I couldn't come up for a fucking breath, right? Yeah. The number two reason, though, I am confused and not in love with the pacing of AEW television shows. Okay. Okay, so love it or hate it, WWE, I know what to expect when I'm watching a Raw or a SmackDown, right? Mm -hmm. My champion is going to be in the main event. Roman Reigns is going to be featured at the end of SmackDown and Big E's going to be involved at the end of Raw and I know this and my brain likes that and it's my fucking comfort feud, right? Yeah. The top of the hours are going to be pretty exciting. We're going to get a cold opening that kind of sets the tone for the night, right? Roman Reigns is probably going to talk first and he's probably going to talk last. Yeah. That's just comfort food for me. That's the way I grew up on wrestling, and that's what my mind processes best. AEW doesn't necessarily do that, right? Yeah. One week, Kenny Omega is the first match of the night. Mm -hmm. Kenny Omega, Brian Danielson, here we go. We're going to fucking knock it out the park, and then we're going to run a slant that goes downhill for the rest of the show. Yeah. Which is just to say that that, was, that set such a high bar. Yeah. Nothing else lived up to that, right? But then the next week, Kenny Omega is third match, Okay. Then the week after that, he's the main event. Then there's a week where Kenny Omega's not on the show. And it starts to feel like to me, <clears throat> I, I can't grasp. My brain, it, it wants this to fit in a neat little box, and AEW doesn't do that. <clears throat> One week, CM Punk is on Dynamite. Okay, now he's three weeks on Rampage. Now we're going to bring him back to Dynamite. It's hard to keep up with the rhyme or the reason for what is on each episode, and sometimes it feels like they're merely just trying to combat WWE. Now, yeah. that, that could be completely wrong. It's just what it feels like to me. Mm -hmm. It also feels like an AEW, there's no such thing as a mid-card. Yeah. And a mid-card is necessary in professional wrestling. AEW sometimes feels like, to me, 
It's a bunch of wrestlers competing for the best match of the night. True. Nobody understands what what the middle of the show is for. It, 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 that there's energy, right? It, there's highs and lows. And in AEW, it feels like everybody's just shooting for fucking match of the night, which could be a good thing. I definitely think that could be a good thing. To me, AEW feels more like a book of short stories. I could see that. And, and not a full-length movie, right? It's like a bunch of short wrestling stories that are mashed together in an episode of television because these guys just all work in the same building. It doesn't feel like there's a real cohesive, like an overall, it doesn't feel like someone's looking at the overall script and going, here's how we need to pace this show. Yeah. Whereas WWE to me, for better or worse, usually feels like a fireworks show. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of ramps up, right? The fireworks start and you go, oh, they're pretty. Then there's just a middle where they're doing things. And at the end, we get a grand finale. Now that grand finale can fucking fall flat a lot of times, but it's comfort food. WWE just has a certain way they do it. WWE, uh, AEW feels more like an episode of Law & Order. Right? Okay. Well, check this. In an episode of Law & Order... You can watch one Law and Order, right? You turn mm-hmm. on TNT, Law and Order's on, and you can watch that one episode and be satisfied. Yeah. I don't need to watch the episode before, and I don't need to watch the episode after. That's I can true. just watch the one episode and be completely content, right? Because I got Brian Danielson. <clears throat> I got John Moxley. I got CM Punk. I got a good fix of wrestling. But yeah. I don't need to have watched the episode before because it, there's not a lot of context. And I really, it doesn't compel me to have to watch the episode after. It just doesn't do that. Whereas WWE to me feels sometimes more like Yellowstone or Game of Thrones. Yes. There's an overall arc. Now people are going to argue this and I get it because it's not always there, but I think it's intended to be there. Yeah. There's an overall arc that's supposed to lead you to the next pay-per-view right now. Mm -hmm. They've done a shit job towards Survivor Series as I say this, but when this is, when WWE is doing this correctly, it's very satisfying, right? Yeah. Each week kind of leads you into the next week. You want to know what's going to happen next week with Kevin Owens now because we finished Monday Night Raw with Kevin Owens' heel turn. Mm-hmm. I asked you that. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, you, you literally said, what happens from here? And I go, yeah. well, this is what I assume, but, you know, we got to tune in next week to find out. Yeah. Now, the issue is... I don't think this is necessarily a good or a bad thing from AEW or WWE. It's just two different things. One is my comfort food, right? Does it not feel like that more often than not, the best match in Rampage is somewhere in the middle? Yeah. I always feel like we end it and I'm like... That was it? That was the end? That was it? What happens next? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think every time we watch, I'm like... That was it? That's it? That's where we're ending? Like when they did Brian Danielson and, and Kenny Omega, that should have been last. Mm-hmm. Just according to how I prefer to view wrestling. Now, they could do it any way they want, and it's working for them. They seem to have an audience that's faithful, but it's just to me, this is what bothers me. It's not my comfort food. It doesn't... I feel like the best match is, is hidden in the middle. Now, I have played sports my entire life. Mm-hmm. And when I played sports at a high level... I was a person who needed a story in order to get up for the moment, right? Okay. And I could, I could make that story up in my head. Hey, man, that guy's talking shit about me. I don't like that guy. This team doesn't like me. Whatever it was, I gave myself a moment. I don't like the idea of sport for sport. 
I don't go out and play a sport not to win, not to to humiliate my opponent. I, I, I'm a bad sport. I get it. I am a bad sport. But it's, it's what made me good at what I did for so long. And I, I equate that to what AEW is. AEW kind of expects us all to just be excited that Brian Danielson's in the ring. Yeah. We don't have a reason why he's in the ring tonight. You should just be excited that Brian Danielson's <laughs> in the ring. And some people fucking love that wrestling porn yeah. shit, right? There's some people who love that. But I need a compelling story to understand why these two guys are in the ring fake fighting. Yeah. Right? Because I am going to buy into this. I'm going to buy into the kayfabe. I'm going to believe this is real, but you got to tell me why. You got to tell me why. Why CM Punk and Eddie Kingston, which they did very well this last week. Why don't, why are they about to fight each other? And we'll get into that more. That, that was fucking big. Right. But the actual names of wrestlers is such a small part to me. Mm -hmm. I don't, you, you throw Brian Danielson up and say, Brian Danielson's going to be here tonight. I don't care. What is it that, why is he here? What is he upset about? What does he have to prove tonight? That's what I like. And I think if I just learn to adjust my expectations and the way I watch AEW, I will enjoy it a lot more. If I just kind of pick and choose my moments, uh -huh. tune in, tune out, tune in, tune out. Because with WWE, I know I can turn the TV on, watch the cold opening, open my laptop, do some work during the middle of the show, and then get ready for the big finale. With AEW, you've got to be able to turn it on and off, right? Yeah, turn it on. Know. I want to watch this match. Turn it off. Okay, two matches later, I'm back involved. A match. That's just the way... That's the way I consume that product. Because I do like AEW yeah. a yeah, lot. Sure. I, I fucking love MJF. He's my favorite. Right? I you know, I, I've I've gone on record. Chris Jericho is my goat. Outside mm -hmm. of Roman Reigns, who people think I fucking love. But yeah. Chris Jericho is my goat of professional wrestling, right? And I'm even I'm finding an appreciation for the Darby Allens and the Eddie Kingstons. I'm finding appreciation for all those people. So I, I do love AEW, it's, it's refreshing. I'm not a big Jungle Boy fan. I love I don't him. know why. I'm just, maybe it's because he rides on another grown man's back That's that true. wears a dinosaur mask. Yeah. That's probably why yeah. I'm not a big Jungle Boy guy, right? It's a little bit like a nine-year-old boy. But I get this reputation of being negative, right? And yeah. this is a big part is your fault because I see how you edit these <laughs> clips. I see how you take what I say on the podcast and translate it to TikTok and it does come off negative. You take hey, anything I say, but it's that's what okay. the people like. It's, it's what it's designed to do. I get it. I'm not complaining of that. But the people who say I'm negative, I don't even think I'm negative. I'm extremely critical of the product because every minute that I put into professional wrestling is an investment of my time. As you know, I don't have a ton of free time. No. I, I work on my craft a lot. So when I do decide to take a moment away from my family or my work, and watch pro wrestling, I expect it to hit all the fucking notes that I need it to hit, or it's wasting my time. True. I'll never be, and this is an admission, I'll never be the hardcore YouTube guy who fucking gets off on the New Japan Pro guys. Yeah, That's me not me. I'm not going to be that guy. I, the wrestling porn isn't for me. Uh, you're never going to tell me, ooh, Bobby Fish is fighting Brian Danielson. And I'll be, I don't give a fuck. Why are they fighting? Yeah. Why are they fighting? What, you talk shit about his mom? He slap his sister. Uh -huh. Like I, I need that. I need that sports entertainment. If that's what the fuck you want to call it. I have to have that. Yeah. Cause I can't watch two grown men fake fight. If, if I don't have a reason. Right. Sure. And I like superheroes. Mm -hmm. 
That if I'm gonna watch television, I need some make believe. Roman Reigns, I like Roman Reigns because he looks like a fucking superhero. Yeah, looks like Aquaman to me. But, but he's just a big, larger than life guy. I like Drew McIntyre because he looks like he was chiseled from a fucking like Greek movie or Roman mm-hmm. movie or Scottish warrior, whatever the yeah. fuck he is. Right? I even like MJF because of how over the top of an asshole he is and how I wish I could talk to people on my daily basis exactly like that. That's what I want, right? That's why I get behind characters. That's what I like, okay? That's what makes it fun for me. Yeah. So that leads me to last week's Rampage episode where CM Punk and Eddie Kingston squared off in the ring in a verbal boxing match, right? Yes. Look, is it not true? Wrestling's more fucking fun when it feels real. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Now, I don't, I don't know much about Eddie Kingston. Okay, I don't know what he's fucking done, what he's been through, what CM Punk fucking did to him. But here's me just suspending my disbelief, and and then I get moments like this, and I don't know the history between these two guys, but what I do know, it fucking feels like Eddie Kingston doesn't like CM Punk. Yeah, it feels like it. And if they're telling a story, goddamn it, they're doing it extremely fucking well. And guess what? I'm not gonna do. What? I'm not going to go research the backstory because I don't need it. I think that ruins what's in front of me. If I go back and go, oh, no, they're really friends. Or, yeah. Oh, no, they really hate each other. I don't need that information. I'm going to let them tell the story, and I'm going to enjoy the story the way they tell it. When we first started watching AEW about four and a half months ago, somebody on YouTube, and I don't remember the name, and I fucking hate myself for not remembering this guy's name. Because okay. I think at one point I went out and said uh, MJF was the best promo that I'd ever seen in pro wrestling or was the best current promo in pro wrestling. And he goes, ah, wait for it. Eddie Kingston's the guy. Yes, I remember. Someone that. told us that, right? Yeah. And weeks went by and it just felt like Eddie Kingston wasn't on TV. Then all of a sudden we get we get this rampage moment and <clears throat> it sure fucking looks like it to me. It looks like Eddie Kingston's the real deal to me. Yeah. Like I say, I don't have a lot of experience with Eddie Kingston, so this is all new to me. But it looks like it to me. Now, I've been down on CM Punk these last couple of weeks, yes. right? I've talked my shit. Uh, and, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I've had some big uh, epiphany and changed my mind on him. I don't think he by any means carried that moment or that promo, but he did exactly what he needed to do to allow Eddie Kingston that moment to shine and kind of rise up to a new level, at least in my eyes, right? Yeah, for sure. He did his job. That was his job. And it's weird for me because I'm used to seeing Punk being the the ornery one, the curmudgeon, the pissed yeah. off guy. And what it looks like is he's just allowing, he's allowing Eddie Kingston to take that light. And he was the star of the moment. And I, I don't discount that that was by design. Right. I'm yeah. sure CM Punk has his hand in writing that story and, and, and how this plays out. But I, I definitely have found my reason to watch full gear. Yeah. The pay-per-view. Cause yeah. I was off. I was, I was, I was looking at AW. I was just like, ah, right now I don't Darby Allen MJF doesn't excite me. Ch- the Chris Jericho with the top team. It's okay, I- but it's not, it's not compelling. I'm not a huge Adam Hangman Page guy right now. Just I don't have enough time watching him. So I don't yeah. understand the trials and tribulations that he's been through to get where he is. So there was no reason. This is it. This is the reason I'm going to watch Full Gear, right? Okay. 
But my problem once again with AEW is wouldn't this have been nice to have like a two or three week build up to this match? Yeah. It just kind of came out of nowhere. Then we get one Friday where they're talking shit. Hopefully this week we expand on that a little bit and get a little bit more of CM Punk and Eddie Kingston in the ring. But it would have been nice to get more of a build up towards this match. Now, there is one thing I want to address. Okay. It's this argument that people have been trying to come at me with that I don't understand what CM Punk is doing. I 100% understand what he's attempting to do. I I 100% understand that he's been gone from wrestling for seven years and that they're slow playing him back in. And he's got to build up, you know, wrestling immunities, basically. Yeah, and endurance and things like that. I get it. But even though I get it, it's not what... I don't agree with the way they're utilizing him. I don't think it was the best use of CM Punk, Mm -hmm. right? I would have liked to seen CM Punk come out night one, boom, blows the lid off the arena. They, they did that perfectly. Yeah. Then after that, I would have liked to have seen CM Punk come out and start to antagonize and go after the old heads of AEW, Chris Jericho, Matt Hardy, Christian, the guys who've been around a long time overstayed their, you know, overstayed their welcome. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen him assemble a super team, right? Of Darby mm-hmm. Allen, Dante Martin, these young guys who have been overlooked yeah. and just be the voice of the overlooked. Like collecting the, the, the toys from the Misfit Island, right? Yeah. The, the Misfit wrestlers, collecting these guys, these indie darlings and putting together a team. Because I understand you can't jump in and wrestle after seven years. You don't sure. have that. But, but wrestling, CM Punk doesn't have to wrestle to be relevant. True. In fact... I'd argue that every week that he wrestles, it takes a little bit of the magic away. Yeah. It's just a little bit of the magic. He goes from what I had like wrestling God to every week I see, oh, he's human. Yeah. He's still he's human. Got to get better. Still. Yeah. Like, and, and then it, at his age, I keep saying it. He's a, he's a beat down 40 something mm-hmm. that, you know, I don't know how long he wants to do this. I don't think he's got another 10 years in him. I think this is going to be a two to three year run for CM Punk. I, he's going to build himself up. He's going to put someone over and then he'll either go to the, the announcing booth or, or, you know, manage or, a, or just a back of like a producer's role. He'd be, he'd be a hell of a producer for AEW. That's where they should try to utilize him. Right. <sighs> but, but being on the mic is CM Punk's best point. That's a strong point, right? Yeah. Being the voice of the underappreciated, going after Chris Jericho, telling man, your time is up. It's time to move on. Going after Matt Hardy. You've overstayed your welcome, right? Yeah. Dan Lambert, the American top team guy. Yes. CM Punk could, could fill that role easily. Oh, yeah. Just being the mouthpiece for guys who need a mouthpiece. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt fucking Darby Allen, the microphone is fucking cancer to him. He can't talk. He does everything in the ring extremely well. He's got a good character. Yeah. But he can't. MJF is showing. He just can't talk. Imagine CM Punk being the voice of Darby Allen and talking that shit and having the band of misfits do his bidding. That would be pretty cool. I would have loved that. It helps bring personality to those who don't have personality. Definitely. Dante Martin, a guy who we've seen, you said you yeah. were the first one to tell me that guy's fucking talented. Yeah. Mark fucking- Henry said the first time that he saw him, he was like, you definitely used to wrestle in a mask. He's like, cause you have a no facial, no facial expressions and, and you're not great on a microphone. Uh-huh. And so instead they put Leo rush with him. Ooh, yeah. Nothing wrong with Leo rush, but he's not CM punk. CM punk can immediately elevate these guys to a fucking 
upper echelon of wrestling. Yeah. But AEW's got to shit or get off the pot with CM Punk, I think, right? It's too much <clears throat> walking the line. I'm kind of mean, but I'm not mean. I yeah. don't know what's going on with me, but... And, and maybe they are. Cool. Maybe this Eddie Kingston is the beginning of that. Hopefully it is, right? Yeah. But, but let's be honest for a second. What did he really do for Darby Allen? He didn't put Darby Allen over. No. He didn't give Darby Allen some you know, breath of fresh air and, and put a whole new set of eyes. People who know Darby Allen know Darby Allen and CM Punk didn't put that many more eyes on top of Darby Allen. No. So then we talk about Eddie Kingston, right? Cause he's basically what he's doing now is he's elevating Ellie, uh, Eddie Kingston, right? Okay. But Eddie Kingston's 39 years old and True. I get it. People go, Oh man, these wrestlers, they can work into their forties. Yeah, they definitely can, but you're not building new stars in their forties for yeah. what? So they have a five year run. True. It's not, we're going to talk about WWE has a new rule that, that I think is interesting, but okay. at 39 years old, you're not, that's not putting over youth punk. Yeah. You're putting over another older guy. Now maybe you owe this guy something. Maybe this just feels like the right story. And look, I'm okay with that because that's what I've been arguing is just give me the best product. And this yeah. definitely feels like the best product, but don't sit around and tell me that CM Punk is putting over the youth. Cause at 39 years old, that's not youth, right? Yeah. And I'm not a fan of the you got to be patient method. Everybody keeps going, oh, you got to be patient. You got to see the bigger picture with CM Punk, right? He's building something. What? Man, his old ass has already complained that he's hurting. I've what? seen in a couple interviews where he said his body's hurting. He's, you know, really? the bumps are hurting him. I feel like you have to fucking light the fire when the gas tank is full. And when he came back to professional wrestling, he yeah. set the whole world on fire. I feel like when he came back to professional wrestling, he was a wrestling god. I felt like, I mean, every person thought, holy shit, CM Punk is back. Fuck yeah. And I really feel like each and every week that he wrestles, mm -hmm. he becomes human. That like the armor falls off. I get what off. you're saying 100%. Yes. It's like, oh, he, no. Like mm -hmm. they would have been so much better allowing him to lead this group of misfit wrestlers while he's training in the back, training, you know, pre pre fights, go train before the fucking match starts, wrestle whoever you want, build up your endurance and then come back and and come back with a big splash. This this beating up the mid card, I don't I, I get it. Like I understand what you guys say he's doing. I don't know what the payoff is. Sure. I really don't. Sure. Do we want to see CM Punk with a championship? I don't. I think the AEW is so crowded at the fucking top. And I think CM, CM Punk's a guy who doesn't need, he doesn't need a title to, to be, be relevant. relevant. Yeah. So what are we, what are we building to with CM Punk? Okay. Okay. All right. So let's transition into uh, some WWE stuff here. All right. What do I got here? Oh, okay. So we got to talk about the, the nightmare release party or whatever the fuck they're calling this, right? The, okay. The WWE releases, there was like 20 wrestlers released. Keith Lee, Nia Jax, Karrion Cross, Grand Metallic, <coughs> Lince Dorado, Eva Marie, B-Fab, Brianna Brandy, Harry Smith, Scarlett Bordeaux, One Lorcan, Frankie Monet, Ember Moon, Mia Yam, Trey Baxter, Jesse Camilla, Jeet Rama, Zeta Ramir, Katrina Cortez. I'm gonna tell you one thing about this list. It's a bunch of fucking names I I've agree. never, I've Who never heard before. the fuck is Katrina Cortez? NXT. Okay. NXT. But, and I don't watch NXT. Like, I don't watch college football. I don't watch college football. You know why I don't watch college football? It's not the care. best of the best. I watch WWE. 
I watch Raw, SmackDown, and I watch Rampage and Dynamite because that's where the top talent is wrestling. Like I said, my time is extremely fucking valuable and I'm not going to waste it on NXT. You know when I'll watch the NXT people? When? When they're good enough to be on Raw and SmackDown. (laughs) That's when I'll watch them, right? I'm earned. All right, so let's be realistic. This is the nature of the wrestling business. More importantly, this is the nature of business. Okay. Not everybody can get a paycheck, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're constantly clamoring for fresh new talent, right? Everybody's big on this Braun Breaker guy from NXT. I have heard the rumblings of that, right? So if you want those people to eventually ascend to the main roster, you got to cut fat somewhere. Yeah. You got to get like, there's a reason I haven't heard of a lot of these names. Mm-hmm. They weren't relevant enough to reach my radar. True. So I don't, you know, it always sucks that someone loses a paycheck. I get that. Right. But if there's no foreseeable plan for these people, why do you keep them locked into a contract? I couldn't agree Why do more. you keep them locked? Yeah. There's stability. They can pay for their food and family, but most of these people have aspirations to hit a higher level. Most of these people aren't content just getting a paycheck. Most of these people want to move up to, to the next level. They want to be on the main event. Everybody aspires to be the champion of some kind tag team, the intercontinental United States, AW, whatever. Everybody aspires. So when I look at this list, like I said, a lot of names I don't recognize. There are a few surprises to me. Uh, One carrying cross. This guy seemed like when he was NXT that he was on a path of fucking destruction. Yeah. Then he debuts on the main roster and he gets squashed right off the bat. And we should have known right there that was the beginning of the end. For whatever reason, they didn't have faith that that was going to translate over onto the main roster. Yeah. So it seems to me it's a guy, if they don't know what to do with him, why is he, why are they keeping him around? Right. Mm -hmm. Eva Marie. Eva Marie seems to me like she kind of has a come and go relationship with WWE, similar to what kind of Kelly Kelly had for a while. Right. I don't think that, that there's any problem between her and WWE. Yeah. Any bad blood. I think it's just, we're not going to pay you while you make a movie. True. When you're done with all that shit and you want to come back and have another little run, Mm -hmm. they'll probably open, open their, you know, open their arms up and say, come back. But I just think they're not going to pay her while she's got other projects going on. And she probably booked, a schedule full of other things. Yeah. More power to her, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, whatever. Nia Jax. Now, I'm not the Nia mm. Jax fan. You know that, right? I, I'm I, I, I think she's very boring, but I think Nia Jax is like a key holder to us, to the rock, right? Because she's, she's her relationship with the rock. I don't know if they're cousins, something like that. There's some kind of relationship between her and the rock family, family wise. Right. Yeah. And, and so, you know, you wonder, did, did the rock have to okay this? Does Vince McMahon run this by the rock and say, well, you know, do you think we could just keep her on a little bit longer Vince? And he's well, like, no. uh, you know, or, or, or is there something going on that she have? I've, I've, I read something about mental health issues, which is cool, man. Go get yourself straight. But if I'm AEW, I am fucking backing up a money truck for Nia Jax. Number one, their women's division is, is fucking weak. You think she's it's worth getting? Weak. Well, let me tell you why. Because I think that that is the first door you knock down to getting The Rock to start to look into AEW. I guess that's if you start bringing in some family, you start bringing in some people that he's he's close to. 
You just get his, you get him to look that way. And a nod from the rock in professional wrestling is huge. Yeah, for sure. So if you can knock down that door, if you get him to just tweet, right? Hey man, check out my girl, Nia Jax. That goes out to like billions of fucking people. Yeah, that's true. And they're, most of them are wrestling fans, right? Or you get Mm -hmm. him just to co-sign and be like, oh, shout out for, for signing Nia Jax. I, I feel like she's a key holder. And I also feel like that in AEW, there's more there's more opportunity for female wrestlers right now than there are for male. Okay. The, the, it's crowded in that male division. They got okay. a lot of wrestlers You're on contract. There's less women, less women and less, less notable names. Right. When I turn on AW, I've said this numerous times. They all fucking look alike. They all look alike. Yeah. I have a hard time like different, differentiating these girls. And Nia Jax looks very different and she's also recognizable. And we saw this with Ruby riot, right? Ruby Riot left WWE, went to AEW, and all of a sudden she went from somebody I didn't give a fuck about to now yeah. somebody I'm supposed to care about. No, I agree. I feel like Nia Jax, they're not talking, we're not talking talent, okay? We're just talking about the status, right? She had a higher status in WWE than Ruby Riot. So that that would translate over to AEW, I think, right? Okay. Now you got B Fab. B Fab was the one in yeah, the, she's the girl group. What do they call? I forgot what they're um, called. Uh, now nah, fucking, I didn't even write it down. Whatever. Okay. Uh, weird that she got called up and then let go. That was so weird. And and I read today that they had her sign a main roster contract when she got called up, uh-huh. which immediately put in a ninety day no compete. So they call her up, have her sign a contract, let her go, and by, I believe, by design, they've now got her out of wrestling for 90 days. So AEW can't sign her. That's bullshit. That, that's the dirty shit that gets WWE a bad reputation, right? No, I agree 100% with you. Um, so I told you earlier, I was saying something about a new rule in WWE. Apparently, the new rule, the you know, it's the unspoken rule in WWE, yeah. is that they will not hire any new women under the age of 25. I mean, over the age of 25. Okay, I was like, wait Over a the age of 25. Okay. They're, they're looking for young, fresh talent. That they can keep for a couple of years. I think they've got, what it is, is they've got a good crop of women's talent in yeah. the 25 to like 35-year-old range. Yeah. And that will translate for the next 10 years. It's time to start creating that next generation and fill in the gaps in the younger areas. Yeah. I mean, you know, interesting. I don't know. Couldn't, interesting enough, researched for about an hour today on how old BFAB is. That, okay. that does not, that information does not exist on the internet. How old is she? It just doesn't exist. Like you cannot figure out. Is she 25? 35? I don't know. 45? I have no fucking 55? clue. And, and I'm terrible at looking at someone's picture and guessing how old they are. She could be to me anywhere from like 23 to fucking 42. I'm thinking like late 20s. L- late 20s? Mm-hmm. That's possible. But that would break their rule. And if they have no plan... Why keep them going, right? Yeah. The truth is about this, right? AEW <laughs> will pick through these remains and they'll 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 pick up anything that they think is worth the time. Maybe a Keith Lee, maybe a Nia Jax, maybe a B a B Fab, right? Yeah. And then the rest are on their own to go sink or swim. True. Right? I mean, you've yeah. got to go figure out, find a place to wrestle and prove that WWE made a mistake. That's that's always the goal, right? Is to when you get let go is to go prove that was a mistake and make them pay for that mistake. Just look at it as an opportunity. Don't, don't sit and dwell on it. It's an opportunity to go. If you weren't getting TV time, you were fucking, you were dead in the water anyway. 
Yeah. Look at it as a blessing that you get to go figure out how, how do I recreate myself? True. <laughs> but come True. Royal Rumble, we don't remember this shit. Right, mm-hmm. January. None of us remember these fucking names. We don't care where these people went for the most part. You and move there'll, on. there'll be a whole new crop of superstars that are ready to shoot their fucking shot. True. That's wrestling, man. That's yes, business. Sir. That's just how it fucking goes. All right, that leads me to uh, we got some weird news on social media this week. So okay. after WWE has literally acted as Survivor Series didn't exist, all of a sudden we get a surprise announcement that uh, here's your Survivor Series teams, right? And so I that's the most lazy way to build a pay-per-view I think I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah. Was literally just, here they are. And and then on this week's Raw, we started seeing some stories develop from that. But we, we had a good feeling of what this card was going to be. I was pretty spot on when I called this card out a couple weeks ago. We know we're getting Big E versus Roman Reigns. And I've given my opinion on that. Big E needs that win more than Roman Reigns does. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, we're getting Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. That's a toss-up. I don't know who needs that win. I don't think either of them really need it. It may just be a way to further another storyline. I agree. In so that in a disqualification thinking. or something. I think, though, with the real heat that they have between the two of them, they could build this to something long-term. Build up a hate relationship all the way to WrestleMania would be interesting. Uh, we got the Usos versus RK Bro. We assume tag team champions yeah, versus tag which team be champions should be a good match. Uh-huh. That's four people that I like to watch They're wrestling in the ring. Exactly. <sighs> Damian Priest versus Shinsuke Nakamura. I like Shinsuke, but this match I have zero interest in this match at yeah. all. With with no build up, that fucking two mid card titles. Then it's just random. What does it matter if one of these guys win? There's nothing. Literally nothing at stake. They won't even, they'll pretend like it didn't happen two weeks from now. Uh-huh. Then we get the women's uh, Survivor Series match. And I called this pretty close here. Bianca Belair, who is clearly moved on from uh, Becky Lynch, which is good. I said she needed to. It was time. Yeah, for now, sure. Now, she's in a in a thing with Dewdrop, who I can't fucking stand. Eh. I fucking cannot stand Dewdrop. I'm in agreement. I cannot stand. I hope Becky I Lynch don't... beats the life out of her understand what the fuck her gimmick is i don't either someone told me and i looked it up i still don't fucking understand it it's based on some old wrestler to me she looks like an oversized baby that's what she looks like to me you said (laughs) she looks like baby spice had too many donuts yeah that's what she looks like to me yeah yes that's fucking i get it right yeah whatever that's what she looks like to me so happy that bianca's moved on We'll see what that what comes from that, right? True, true, true. Uh, Zelina Vega, Zelina and Carmella, both on the team. That should be interesting because yeah. they've kind of you know they got a little buddy buddy thing going on. That'll be fun. Uh, then Rhea Ripley with no Nikki Ash, which I always think is weird when you get one half of a tag team. Yeah, maybe they're trying to kind of separate them a little bit. Yeah, and I get it. I mean, Rhea Ripley is the more interesting of the two, as we said yeah. last week. Nikki Ash is a fucking that's a terrible character. Yeah, so stupid. She and then we got Liv Morgan, who in the fatal five-way match looked extremely good. It was, I, I called it. I knew Liv Morgan was going to win, but I think everybody could have fucking called it. I'm not, I'm not touting myself on that. It was pretty obvious where they were going. But uh, that's a cool team. I'm good with that. I like that five. I have no problems there. Would you change anybody? <clears throat> no, I don't think, 
I mean, when I looked at what was left when, when they did the little segment in the back. Yeah. No, they, they, they nailed that right on the fucking head, right? Yeah. Then we go SmackDown. Sasha Banks, Shayna Baszler. Shotsky Black. Shotsky. Shotsky. I always want to call her Shotsky. Shotsky. I was Shlotsky. Shlotsky's. Shotsky, Shotsky Blackheart, I think uh-huh. is her name. Uh, Natalia, and I, I think the last one's Mariah. I don't know her name. Okay. I don't know anything about her. Uh, obviously, this is a way to introduce her yeah. into the fold. Cool. All good with that. Natalia, tried and true. Nothing wrong there. Uh, Shotsky's come onto the scene. I've enjoyed. Like her. Enjoyed that. Shayna Baszler, as much as I dislike her, she's intimidating and she's a good wrestler. She's not interesting, but she's good wrestler. She, I mean, I guess fits in here. And then Sasha Banks is perfect for this, right? Yeah. And we're going to, you know, there's interesting storylines you can connect with Sasha and Bianca. I think we'll get some fun stuff there. Uh, you're going to get uh, uh, Shotzi and Sasha don't like each other. So there's all kinds of inner storylines that'll play out here. Prediction, if I have to predict who's going to win this match, okay, what is it? I think it's Team Raw. I think Team Raw wins this match. I think that... Traitor. Uh, I think Liv Morgan gets the pin, gets the final pin. Liv Morgan survives. I could see that happening. I think they're building Liv. Yeah. I think they're building Liv, and I think it's good. I think she wins the match. It may come down to... I could see it coming down to Liv Morgan and Sasha Banks. Yeah. Although I could see Shotzi and Sasha getting in some kind of fight that gets them eliminated. I don't know. Uh, Interesting though. This looks fun. This looks like fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, we got the men here. Okay. Okay. And in the men's match, this is where it gets to me annoying. We got Team Raw, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Rey Mysterio, had Dominic Mysterio. Then all of a sudden we're just going to beat the life out of that poor kid and insert Bobby Lashley. Weren't we supposed to believe that Bobby Lashley was like dead or something? Yeah, I thought Wasn't so. that the belief that Goldberg beat the life out of him? But now Goldberg's gone mm-hmm. and Bobby's back. Bobby's, Bobby's back, back, baby. That's what I want to say. Bobby's back. Nothing wrong with this team. It's five guys that have all been uh, previous WWE champions. Like Seth Rollins, he's fucking great. Of course, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins will be at each other's throat. Finn Balor will just be there. Uh, Ray Mysterio, who I've enjoyed these last couple weeks, someone that I didn't normally love. I've enjoyed Ray the last couple weeks. Yeah. And then boring Bobby Lashley. Yeah. But, boring Bobby. But he's a big motherfucker. Mm-hmm. I always thought Ray Mysterio was dead, by the way. <laughs> I think that's Eddie Guerrero that you're referring to. Yeah, I don't know. Then we go to the SmackDown side, and I look at the SmackDown team, and while it's a collection of good wrestlers, it's uninteresting because there's not really any dissension inside the team. You got Drew McIntyre, who's been on the open challenge raid. Yes. You got Jeff Hardy. Here we fucking go again. Jeff Hardy. It's like Jeff. Hey, what's Jeff doing? He's got nothing to do. Just put him in a match. Mm -hmm. Just put him in the match. Just let him go wrestle. Right. Yeah. Got King Xavier. King Woods. Like him. I'm going to get into that minute. Fucking love him. Sami Zayn. Love him. Happy Corbin. Love him. Great collection of wrestlers. Minus Jeff Hardy. But I don't know how interesting this is going to be. Uh, I think they win. I think they win just based on the fact that the the team, the raw team, they're going to, there's yeah. going to be so much infighting and, and they're just, there's stories building within that group of guys yeah. that are more important than winning a survivor series match. True. True. Uh, so that leads me to, um, 
let's see, where was I here? I don't like that when I click that button, it changes that. Okay, so here's what I am surprised about. Why is Kofi not a part of the Survivor Series match? Kofi has been fucking great lately as Hand of the King. Yeah. The whole Kofi Xavier thing has been like fucking perfect. Best. Why is Jeff Hardy in this match? Why? What the fuck? Like, I get it. People like Jeff Hardy, but he has no fucking business. This should have been Drew McIntyre, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods, Sami Zayn, and Happy Corbin. That's what the team should have been. I don't understand. Give Jeff something else to do. Fucking give him something else to do. Let him go (laughs) get in the fucking match with Damian Priest and Shinsuke. Just get him the fuck out of these things that actually have purpose, right? True, true. Now, this may be a way too early overreaction, which I tend to do, right? Get excited. I'm excited. Xavier King King Woods could possibly be the best king of the ring I've ever witnessed with my eyes. I didn't get, I've seen WWE footage of King Booker. I know King Booker was yeah. really good. Yeah. But outside of that, I've never been impressed with like King Sheamus. Shinsuke wasn't a great king. I he think, did have a great dance move though. He was okay. I mean, I'm, oh, his entrance? Yeah. Is that dancing? Yeah. Is that dancing? Is that what dancing. he does? Yeah. I just thought he was like convulsing. No, that's he dancing. Whatever, right? But yeah, maybe this is a way too early overreaction. But I do think fucking you talk about like sometimes I said when WWE gets it right. Yeah. And they got this right with King Woods. Mm-hmm. It's fucking, oh God, it's good. He's so good. He's so good at this. And and, and Zelina's been good. But she he has. he is just next level. What? What have we been missing all these years with not having a fucking King Xavier and Kofi? You talk about a selfless motherfucker. Yeah. A a guy who a couple years ago was in the main event of WrestleMania. And you talk about like real friendship and guys who just they're fucking like, that's a grade a person because he's all about this Xavier Woods moment. And he's oh, gonna, yeah, definitely. He's going to be right there on the side playing support, and it just it just takes that character from a fucking A to an A plus plus. It's fu- like this is great. This is why I love wrestling. Mm-hmm. Roman needed Roman Reigns. He needed that antithesis. He needed that that opposite, that yin and yang. Yeah. Who the fuck knew that it might have been Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston? Who fucking knew that like Xavier Woods might step up to the plate? I asked a couple weeks ago. I said, who stands in the way of Roman Reigns? It might fucking be Xavier Woods. It's a high possibility that Xavier Woods could at some point be the man to dethrone Roman Reigns. And you know, I fucking love the head of the table. I fucking love the tribal chief, but Jesus Christ Xavier Woods is good at his fucking job, and I do believe there is a chance he could be the next WWE Universal Champion, and God damn it, he deserves that shit. Yeah, for sure. He definitely deserves that shit. <sighs> yeah, he's got a little excited there, right? I like it. I like so, that excitement. Keep it going. So here we go. Let's let's end the let's end the night by talking about Monday Night Raw. Okay. Kevin Owens heel turn. Fucking, this has been good. Raw has been good. After I detoxed, I had about four or five weeks before the draft where I just, I let Raw go. It had gotten so bad. 
Do you, I mean, yeah. do you remember the days when we were talking about Bobby Lashley was the champion? Uh, yes, I remember. That was what we had to look forward to. Mm-hmm. There was no Bianca Belair. We were watching Charlotte Flair. I agree. That's what that's what Raw was. So I detoxed from Raw. I've come back with a fresh set of eyes after the draft, and, and fucking Kevin Owens has been phenomenal. Now, was that not... That was a stupid way to end the match. <clears throat> the whole... Biggie, was he, wasn't he in the way? Yeah. Didn't love that. He could have sold that just a little bit better. Mm-hmm. It felt weird. Do you think he was really we, mad? We both were like, what happened here? What was that? He was, supposed I asked to, you, he I was think. in the way? What? Okay. Don't really get it. Yeah. But Kevin Owens' heel turn? Oh, I'm all about that. I'm all about that. I'm ready for... Just something feels certain guys feel right in that hill position, and Kevin is one of them. So I'm think so he'd ready. Make a good hill. Oh, he's been a good hill. That's what he does. He does okay. it well. He's condescending. He's a little fucking smart ass and smug. It's what he does. It's it's what Kevin Owens does, right? Yeah. But here's the problem. If we're gonna do this, if we're gonna turn Kevin Owens heel, and we know he's got like two months left on his contract. They better fucking back that money truck up for Kevin Owens. They True. better find a way to keep Kevin Owens happy and in WWE because he has dropped hint after hint about wanting to go to AW. And they've got to make they, they've got to back that fucking truck up and go. You're not leaving, man. You can't afford to leave. You've got a family and this is a lot of money and you can't leave. And we're going to do you right. We're going to put you in the main events with Big E and Seth Rollins. Yes. And you're going to run Monday Night Raw. And so far, he has lived up to everything that I thought Kevin Owens should be. Mm-hmm. He got buried for a hot minute. Just like yeah. fucking in the middle of SmackDown. Just yeah. doing nothing, right? All of a sudden, now he's back on Monday Night Raw, and he's a big fucking deal. Yeah. But you can't build him up and let him go. They have to have some indication or some idea, some conversation has to have been had between WWE and Kevin Owens that goes, if this all goes to plan, we're going we're gonna to back up the money truck and we're going to keep you here, right? Yeah. Now, moving forward from that, someone uh, dropped a comment on one of our videos about Seth Rollins. Okay. And they said, Seth Rollins is possibly a better mid-card wrestler than he is main eventer. Mm-hmm. And I looked, I almost overreacted. I almost did my typical, hey, fuck you, buddy. Go Why, fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself, right? Yeah. But I took, t- I, this is the new Savant. Uh-huh. I took a step back, really looked into what he said, and it was a well, it was a well thought out comment. Okay. Now, do I 100% agree with that? No. No, no, no. Seth Rollins needs to be in the main event. Do I think that there's some key things you can take away from that that are actually compliments? Yes, I think it just furthers what I said. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Seth Rollins doesn't need the belt to be relevant. He doesn't need the Raw championship. He doesn't need the Universal championship. He doesn't need the Intercontinental championship. He doesn't need the US, United States championship. Seth Rollins just needs to be Seth Rollins, and he's fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Get lots of people go, oh, I fucking hate this character. But that's by design, buddy. He's doing exactly what he wants. He's supposed to annoy you. The The subtle nuances of how, like, in his entrance, I, I showed you how he switches from, like, the burn it down mm-hmm. and the music's serious. Yeah. And then it switches to the, oh, oh, and he goes goofy. And yes. he's play, it's like, like this, this spastic role of, like, am I, aren't I a fucking crazy person? 
And it's, it's been really good. And so I think it's a compliment to say he's a better mid-card performer because I think what that says is, basically, he doesn't need the belt. And I do believe that if, if Big E can't find a way to become more interesting, that belt is going to find its way back to Seth Rollins because that belt needs Seth Rollins more than Seth Rollins needs that belt. So I don't think that was a negative comment. I think it was actually a well-thought-out comment. And it's shit like that. I like that because it gets me thinking and, and allows me to to do it. And, and it just kind of reiterated my point that Seth Rollins doesn't need the title to be relevant. Now, uh, last thing I want to jump into here was, uh, I just want to take a second. I want to give props to Randy fucking Orton. Randy Orton has been a fucking constant in WWE for the last fucking 25 years. I don't know how long he's been in it, but for a long time, Randy Orton, I don't feel like I've ever watched Randy Orton wrestle and thought, man, Randy Orton had a bad match. He's motherfucking Randy Orton. He's Randy Orton, right? Yeah, you just expect now, there's, him to there's be There's been good. times I go, oh, they're wasting Randy Orton, or he's not overly fucking exciting. I don't think Randy Orton ever gives me fucking just flawless, great excitement, but he's just a fucking constant. Every time he's uh-huh. in there, I'm paying attention. Yeah, the first time we went to wrestling, he was my first wrestler it's, I liked yeah well and, and I could see why he's just he's fucking smooth uh-huh. he moves he, he just like he is the epitome of a wrestler right yeah now at 41 years old mm-hmm. there's a stark difference in him and like CM Punk and some of these guys that I hate on this, this guy clearly is fucking taking care of himself yeah he's a young 41 where I say CM Punk is an old 40 something yeah Randy Orton is a young 41, it feels yeah. like. I don't feel like he's slowing down. I look at him in the ring with with uh, Riddle and some of those guys in the Street Profits and some of those uh-huh. guys, and I don't go, oh, Randy looks old. I go, God damn, Randy looks fucking good. He's good. Yeah. Everything he does is sharp. It's fucking it's, yes, it's consistent. He's fucking consistent. And then I look across the ring, and you know what I saw? What? Omos. Oh, and I go, God. I go, oh, he's, he's fucking everything... He's everything that Randy Orton's not. Yeah, he just he's fucking not consistent. stands there. He's, he's a fucking waste of space. He has to know he's bad, right? I, I don't think so. Like, does he no. Does he possess that self-awareness? Does Omos possess that self-awareness to know, no. like, I'm not good at this? I think they literally tell him, like, you're so good. You're I'm not so good at this. Because, like, Cause you if you look English. back, if you just look, you don't speak English. I think he speaks English. Well, he's missing a lot mind. of fucking teeth. He doesn't speak. He's missing a lot of teeth. When I saw inside his teeth, and I don't have good teeth. I know I don't have. I, mean, I try to hide my teeth all the time. I swear. I don't have good teeth. In but my he's mind, got, what? I, I've I've dreamed that he doesn't speak English because he I speaks English. I never. He definitely speaks English. <laughs> he definitely one hundred percent. He speaks English. The fact that you're dreaming about Omos. Well, I don't worrisome. dream about a little Omos, worrisome, but like slightly. Yeah, I mean, he just doesn't do anything. So I just assume like like he doesn't even speak English in my mind. But he's got to know he's bad, right? Because you look at, like, look at the Giants. Because that's what he is. He's a giant. Yeah. He's a spectacle. Yeah. He's obviously not a super talented wrestler. Like, no. Like, I felt like last week, or it was like two weeks ago, <laughs> uh, AJ Styles I, jumped up on the side of the ring. Right? Yeah. Show him your kick, Omos! <laughs> Omos did a fucking kick. It wasn't even that impressive. I felt like we were supposed to go like, oh, Omos did a kick! He got in the ring! Omos can do wrestling moves. Like, when you look at the giants that came before him, yeah, he's not the big show. He's no. never going to be the big show, right? No. 
He's not even Braun Strowman. I was literally just thinking He'll about him. He'll never be Braun Strowman. Like, any day of the week, you put these two guys side by side, and I'm picking Braun Strowman. Uh-huh. Any day of the week. Uh, just fucking look, fucking talent, athleticism. Let's go Undertaker, Kane, all those all those big guys mm-hmm. also. Uh, Luchasaurus. I'm fucking, I'm taking Luchasaurus over fucking Omos. Me too. I'm just, you know, they just, they're more graceful in the ring. He's got to know he's bad, right? Yeah. He's got to know he's he bad, knows. right? I don't think he knows. Do, did you catch Corey Graves during the match trying to sell? <sighs> how did he move so fast? <laughs> yes. I'm like, how did he move at all? His knees don't bend. Yes. He's so stiff. I feel like like he's um, like a statue that just stands there. I feel like he is a short man on stilts, and he is fooling us all. His <laughs> knees don't bend. I've never he noticed that. He is so stiff. He is the stiffest motherfucker in a wrestling ring I have ever seen in my life, and they protect him so fucking much. Mm-hmm. WWE, what are you doing with Omos? They protect him. They keep him over on that side. They fucking tell us he's a giant He's, he's fucking uh, AJ Styles' own personal fucking monster or whatever they call him. I'm like, no, he's just a really big, slow guy. I've met so many of those guys in my life. Unathletic. God made them really fucking tall. But, the, but the, he's just, he's a spectacle. He's tall, unathletic, stiff, bad knees. I am confident right now, as bad a shape as I'm in, with my fucked up back, one on one with Omas, I win that fight nine times out of ten. Damn, nine times out of ten, you just gotta run circles around the guy. He just, I mean, he just, there's nothing, nothing impressive to me about Omas, and he's one of those guys where WWE gets behind them, and it's just a waste of fucking time. They're wasting AJ Styles' time. Mm-hmm. They're wasting RK Bro's time. They're wasting the Street Profits' time. They're they're fucking wasting Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode's time. Yeah, for sure. They're wasting these guys' time because, A, it's not believable. Nobody's buying it. I have not run into one fucking person. And we'll see when this video posts. I've not run into one fucking person who tells me, A, their favorite wrestler is Omos, or B, they're even a fucking Omos fan. 90% of the comments I hear about Omos is how he's fucking wasting the last few years of AJ Styles' fucking career. True, true. This has been another episode of the seven burning questions with the wrestling savant. Not the seven burning questions. No. It's not seven. I didn't change that. It's just the burning questions. Because I don't... Seven was getting hard to figure out. Mm Mm-hmm. So this has been another episode of the burning questions with the wrestling savant. Make sure to like and subscribe to the channel. Hit us up on TikTok. Leave us a comment. Uh, you can email us at pwsavant uh, at or, or uh, questions at pwsavant.com. Okay. As always, I'm your savant and savior, Nerdy D. That is the lioness, Lauren. And let's ring that final bell. Ladies and gentlemen, making his way to the mic. He is the pro wrestling savant, the host of the hottest